0: Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters. Smart Recruiters offer an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Future-proof your talent acquisition with a modern enterprise platform with everything you need to attract, select, and hire the best talent. Over 4,000 leading brands like Bosch, Ikea, LinkedIn, and Visa trust Smart Recruiters to deliver hiring success with them on a global scale. Visit smartrecruiters.com to take the first step on the path to hiring success. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. Of all the ages of Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 258 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Crisis situations tend to be significant drivers of long-term change. The scale of the crisis we're currently living through simultaneously across the globe is going to drive substantial long-term change to the way that companies think about HR and talent acquisition. Before I introduce my guest this week, I wanted to point you in the direction of an excellent white paper that my good friends at Calgary Communications have produced. While it's challenging to predict the future. The white paper looks at the potential long-term impact of the pandemic on employer branding in the context of change that's been driven by previous global crisis. You can download the white paper for free at www.calgarycommunications.co.uk slash white paper, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Continuing this theme of long-term change, my guest this week is Martin Glover hr director of scottish legal firm morton fraser in our conversation we discuss the impact the pandemic is having on the legal industry and what the long-term implications are likely to be for communication hr and talent acquisition Hi Martin and welcome to the podcast. Hi Matt. A pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Yeah my name's uh, Martin Glover and I'm the Human Resources Director at Morton Fraser LLP which is a a law firm in uh, East Central Scotland.
0: Could you sort of tell us a little bit more about the law firm and the size of the organisation and those kind of things?
1: Yeah of course. So we are what would what would probably be called a medium-sized law firm. We employ 237 paid staff and we have 50 partners and we cover really all aspects. Um uh, of of the law so everything you would you would find in in, in a larger law firm but uh, we're just slightly smaller in size
0: we're sort of discussing how you and your organization has has had to respond to the the crisis that's been caused by the the pandemic uh, tell us about the 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 initial impact what happened when Scotland got locked down what was the initial impact for your company and your team well
1: i guess the the initial impact is is that we went from an organization of Two offices, Edinburgh, Glasgow, a touchdown base in London, to one that practically overnight and certainly within a week, um, had just under 300 offices. So that sense of being all together in a couple of places um, rapidly within a week meant that we were no longer together and we were in almost 300 different places almost at once. And I guess when I kind of reflect on that, what's interesting about is, is all of the things that hitherto law firms in general had found difficult, i.e., working from home and not being together, um, all of a sudden was kind of forced upon us, and and literally overnight, there we were in in you know for us in three hundred different places, and almost, I mean, I slightly hesitate to say this, the ease with which or the relative ease with which that was achieved was, you know, for me nothing short of remarkable. And this was people pulling together um, on the executive team, on IT and all the support services to kinda to kind of make that make that happen. And it almost seems <laughs> easy now to to kind of say, you know, that's where we are, but at the time that that required you know extraordinary effort on on the part of a number of people to kind of make that happen but happen it did and it happened as i say um within a very short period of time
0: what were the kind of the the biggest challenges in, in in that kind of massive and very fast shift
1: well the biggest challenge i guess was will the technology work and um you know that's that's always that's always the fear because you know we were an organization that already had agile working in place we were used to people working from home, working from places that weren't home, servicing kind of client needs. And that's fine when 10, 15, 20% of the workforce at any one time was working remotely but of course having 300 people relying on the systems that maybe 20 30 40 people relied on is is quite a different quite a different kind of challenge um, really so the biggest challenge for us was will the technology work and beyond that do people even have the technology um to uh, you know, to enable them to work remotely. So, the challenge beyond the technical will you know will will this work when I log in at home? Was do we have enough computers for people to laptops for people to kind of work at home? And how are we going to get those? And when the rest of the world is trying to procure the same kind of kit as you're doing, that certainly presented some challenges for us uh, right 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 at the beginning. But that the technology, the availability of the technology, the technology being able to work, I think in the beginning were were some of the biggest. Uh, challenges for us
0: and and what's the impact been from an hr perspective what have the what have the hr challenges been so far
1: so you know it's all fine talking about the, the 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 kind of technology but people i guess were um i guess concerned in the beginning so what did this mean for them what was what was expected of them now being almost forced um to kind of to kind of work from home, what would that what would that feel like? Um, did they have a desk they could set up? Did they have a space they could they they could use? What about the interruptions from kind of family who were now also in many cases kind of kind of working from home? And these became the kind of real life kind of concerns of of people. I don't have enough equipment. I don't have the right equipment. Um, you know, I'm not sure I've got a comfortable chair. So. There's all these kind of health concerns, well being concerns, and the more and more we're in lockdown, I guess some of the challenges are for. That, that sense of kind of staying connected much easier to do much easier to do when you're in a physical location where you're having conversations over um, the, you know the coffee machine or, or the water cooler or where you can kind of casually bump into people as you walk around the office so this sense of remoteness and the potential for disconnection are some of the people issues that we are kind of facing and also how do you keep people focused on what matters when people are thinking all the time about, because they're consuming the news, what will happen to my job? Will I have a job? You know, so those are some of the kind of things that kind of occupy us in in HR every day.
0: From a communication perspective, how different is it communicating with the, the company now that everyone's remote? And what what have you sort of learned about that in this, in this still relatively short period of time?
1: I'm kind of glad you asked me that because if you'd asked me that maybe a couple of weeks ago, I would have been more Worried, more concerned about that. Um, but at the executive team, we were discussing this this issue and what should what should we do as an executive team to make sure people were more connected. And I was just checking in um, with the exec team on what was happening because right at the start, one of the things HR did was to provide a kind of hints and tips document for how you could actually stay connected, how you could look after your well being, all those sorts of good. Things things that you would expect an HR team to do. But the feedback was, interestingly, or the summation of that kind of feedback was, we think people are talking more now being in a kind of distributed setup than they were um, in the office. And I'm saying, well, tell me about that. And actually, the need to be more connected is more obvious when you're kind of working um, and you're not sitting over the desk or, a, or, or over the aisle from some of your colleagues. So that need to, to feel and be more present. Um, is is much much more evident. So what you're finding is is in terms of the formal communications, um, people are set up on um, virtual conference calls now almost daily. So this is the re- this is replacing the kind of people coming into the office in the morning where you maybe have a huddle and you talk about what's on and all of that kind of thing. So that's now replaced with kind of video conferencing, much more kind of structured. And and everybody's there, and 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 perhaps even more people are, are kind of present at those things. And then equally, the kind of social um, uh, types of, of, of things that kind of go on in the communication space now with people on WhatsApp groups talking about stuff that's got nothing to do with work. So actually checking in with each other on how they're doing just at a very, very kind of... Personal, um, personal level. In fact, one of the one of the kind of informal rules we have for WhatsApp groups in Teams is is that we don't we don't talk about work. We just talk about how we are. And I think that's very much part of the culture of just what it's like to work at Morton Fraser. We do we do have a con- concern for each other on a on a kind of basic human level. That's kind of one of the nice things about our culture, I guess.
0: Fantastic stuff. Is there anything else that you're doing to maintain the the culture do, during this sort of very challenging time?
1: Well, I mentioned well being there, and that is something that 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 does you know that does kind of play to to one of the the, the real kind of core tenets of our culture. So one of the things we um, are currently doing with one of our um, providers, part of our well being strategy, is developing a whole approach to to well-being that our whole entire distributed workforce now can participate in. So that looks at well-being in the round. So it looks at things like movement, Physical exercise. It looks at things like healthy body, healthy eating, sleeping habits, and we're working with this provider to create um, a kind of half day of content. So, kind of like three one-hour sessions, four one four one-hour sessions for our distributed um, staff workforce to kind of consume as a way of saying, "Look, we're still here, we care, and here is something that we can we can give to you." Um, A time when we can't be together as a way of kind of really saying, look, we've got your back and, you know, we we want to do something that just shows that um, that that, that's, you know, that, that, that these kind of things matter to us.
0: And is there anything that, that that's a unique challenge because of the type of business that, that 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 you are? I mean, what what challenges does this pose to you as a law firm?
1: Yeah, well, it's a very personal business, isn't it? Um, administering kind of legal service because it, it requires clients and it requires us to to kind of give advice. So the lack of or, or the inability to kind of forge those relationships in a very very personal way which involves I looking someone in the eye, shaking their hand, getting to know them on a very kind of personal level that's that's a challenge now because you know if we're if we're receiving new instructions, um, the way of kind of building a relationship where human beings is to have those those types of interactions. So now that's much more difficult. So the first time we may meet a client who's not a pre-existing client is over a video call, or perhaps even only. Over a telephone call because some of our clients, particularly in 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 uh, the private client division, who are coming to us, maybe maybe elderly, um, so quite difficult to kind of and maybe unsure um, might be deeply concerned some very kind of personal issues that they might need to talk about. That's quite hard to do when you're not able to see someone face to face, and you know our clients take a lot of reassurance. Through the initial meeting that they will have, um, you know, with a lawyer. So that's that that's a challenge to kind of get them to a place where they feel comfortable doing. You know, business with someone that they that they haven't met. I think for other clients where we've previously met them and we've can you know that we've serviced their needs, particularly corporate uh, clients, it's easier to do. And and actually, this is a way where we might conduct business kind of differently um, or additionally, kind of kind of going forward through these kind of means that we're now we're now um, forced forced to use. But for kind of individual client relationships, I think that that's that's been a that's been quite a quite a challenge for us and probably more of a challenge for the clients themselves than, than for us, but it's something that you know as lawyers, the the lawyering teams are, are very, very aware of.
0: Absolutely. And we'll come back and talk a little bit about the the future implications of all of this in a minute. We we're, we're recording this on the afternoon of the 8th of April. almost certainly, the, the Scotland and and the UK are going to continue to be locked down for a number of weeks to come. No one really knows quite how long this might last. Now you got over the kind of the initial stages of, of getting everyone set up from home and and in working out how. You can be business as usual as much as as much as that's possible. And, and you also mentioned the the wellbeing initiative that, that that you're that you're putting in place. What what else is in your sort of medium term medium term plan? What's your what's your sort of focus for the for the for the next few weeks of all of this?
1: Well, I think our focus is about you know for our for our people is about saying now that we've kind of got over the initial stages. You're quite right. Is is remembering what we're in business. To do, you know, as as a law firm, and you know, ensuring that we continue to deliver um, the the sorts of service for which you know we're famous and why people kind of uh, come to us in 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 the first place. Um, and in the same way as lots of um, organisations are doing with us, how can we continue to add? Value to our clients, um, given that they'll be going through difficult times at, at the moment, and what can we give to them um, as a way of, you know, really, I guess, signaling to them that we're kind of in this together? Because at the end of the day, you know, we're a business. Uh, this is a very difficult time for us economically as an organization, it's a very difficult time for the legal industry um, as a as a set of organisations, and it's very difficult for the you know the the country as a whole. So we need to maintain our focus on actually how are we going to come out of this? How are we going to be um, match fit when you know this? Period of lockdown comes to an end, as as it as it surely will. So you know, beyond looking at service delivery to clients, beyond looking at our balance sheet, beyond looking at the additional value, it's about now you know, kind of looking to the future and saying what is this and, and, and I don't have the answer but actually these are some of the things we'll get into in, in in the kind of days and weeks ahead is is what does this mean for our service and our service delivery model um, you know going forward what will the world look Look like, but one thing is for sure: some of the things that we've never ever done in the past, um, and because of necessity, you know, we we will we will be doing in the, in the future. So the way that we service clients, in fact. You know, the reach that we have now is, you know, from, from being a kind of Scottish law firm is, is, is far beyond, um, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow. So our ability to kind of service clients in you know, the far flung reaches of the world, I think, is, is one of the opportunities that we would have uh, potentially kind of coming out of this.
0: I think that's really interesting because the the, the legal profession is often seen as a, a very traditional industry. Whether that's right or wrong, that 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 seems to that you know that's a perception that, that people have. Do you see that this is this is going to kind of lead to sort of big shifts in the way that the industry operates?
1: I think that is is really. De- dependent upon you know our size and our current context. So the reality is, you know, and I've just said there, you know, could we could we service clients from you know from abroad? And the answer to that is, is yes, we could. But people would need to really have a connection to us based in Edinburgh or Glasgow if they were sitting in, I don't know, Hong Kong or or something like that to kind of want to use us. Because the reality is is, you know, if you need any kind of legal Legal service of, of almost any description. If you were in some place like Hong Kong or Singapore or or wherever, the reality is is you would just choose somebody um, kind of local to do that. What this has done, though, is to say where we have a client who's perhaps got some kind of Scottish connection, but who is in a kind of far-flung area of the world doing business whilst they are there, perhaps, you know, they're out there for family reasons or for business reasons, being able to transact um, legal services now has all of a sudden become much, much um, easier for us. For us to do, do I think that would lead to a wholesale uh, different way of us doing business? I don't think. I don't think immediately. Certainly not for certainly not for Morton for Morton Fraser. But certainly um, being able to conduct some of our business, um, which is less face to face and is more virtual, then I think it definitely provides definitely provides opportunities to do
0: that. And what about the 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 people implications of, of this what, what do you think the, the the future looks like for for hr for for talent ac- and talent acquisition
1: yeah i think you're right about the law being the kind of one of the last bastions of traditional ways of traditional ways of working and i think what you will see now coming out of this, I think, is people um, looking to balance much more their personal lives and and their and their kind of working lives. And we've proved the concept now of how possible it is to deliver. Outstanding client service and be a truly agile workforce, and we've done that because we've we've had to. There's no sense of kind of choice or belief around about that. It's it's been forced upon us. So we've proved that concept. Um, so I think distributed workforces will very, I think reasonably quickly um, become become the norm. That will have impacts for things like the extent to which we occupy estates so big city center offices will that be will that be the way going forward I think these are likely to be much um, much kind of smaller places much more geared around uh, the kind of clients the way some of the banks have been you know if you look at things like you know virgin and the virgin banks they've really changed the kind of customer experience with their kind of customer lounges and things like that and I think I think the the legal industry could could learn quite a lot from that, and I think, you know, with with kind of lawyers kind of working much more behind the scenes rather than the places where the clients go, if you like, I think, I think that will be um, one of the major changes that you will um, that you will see. Probably pretty pretty soon after this all starts to to get back to a new normal.
0: Final question: uh, Tell me, g- give me your thoughts on technology and all of, in, in all of this, because we're obviously living in a world where there is a just a, an enormous tsunami of uh, technology solutions in in HR and in recruiting. Do you see more use of technology in the future, and and what kind of technologies do you think will get focused on?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So I think. I think let, let me let me answer that question in terms of the law first and the administration of legal services. You know, my I, I've only been in legal services for a couple of years. My my kind of view of that coming from other industries, so coming from the oil and gas research industry, for example, is is that technology is not well adopted within the legal profession. And yet um, the, and I think the reason for that is is a belief that um, every client's case is different, which it is um, and so the, the difference that any kind of legal firm can make is through the quality of the people that they have, which is also, Correct, by the way, and that's got implications for the next part of the question in terms of talent acquisition, where I think we, where I think um, legal services have been kind of slow to adopt, is all of the information and all of the kind of legal texts, libraries, uh, case reviews, all of that sort of data um, is still largely in paper form now yeah you know some of it has been has kind of been put on to kind of systems but we haven't really used AI very much within legal it's a new and emerging area Uh, lots of law firms are interested in in kind of you know understanding how we can we can use that data and when we get into that, that will have a, a significant impact on the role of the lawyer and in support roles like paralegals, for example. So that's all that's all to come. And I think the current situation that we are in will no doubt give added impetus to that, will no doubt do that. Turning to the second part of your question, so your question about... Um, the, the the extent to which this will affect talent acquisition, so how we kind of bring people into the organisation. I guess I'm in kind of two minds um, about, about that. I think um, in terms of us reaching out to talent, I think there is absolutely an opportunity to use technology much, much more. So how do we how do we get our employment value proposition, our people brand out there so that we're able to attract the very best talent into the business, I think is something that HR teams are going to have to consider and relying on specialist headhunters and recruitment agencies to get in scarce talent. I think you're going to see a, a move away from that probably gradually in the beginning, but I think I think. I think, you know, over a period of time that will move much, much more um, swiftly. And the reason for that is, is I think lawyers themselves are now consuming technology again because they have to in a way that hitherto they never have done. So they're administering advice now through technology, probably to a greater extent than they've done before. So therefore, it makes sense that in looking for their next kind of career move, you know, it's obvious that they would use that type of approach and that type of a platform to kind of um, to kind of look for the next role. Therefore, I think employers would be well advised to be working on that now as a kind of strategy as part of their talent acquisition strategy going forward, and a bit like. Um, as I said already, the legal profession being the last bastions of, of kind of traditional approaches to work, and so also to traditional approaches to to, to recruitment. So I think HR teams that, that really kind of get to grips with their employment value proposition, get out there in new technology platforms, and so that is better consumed by people who are looking for next career moves. I think they'll be able to... Um, steal a march on, on on other people who are trying to, to also kind of recruit strong talent into into their firms.
0: Martin, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. My thanks to Martin Glover. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there you can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com on that site you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me thanks very much for listening i'll be back next week and i hope you'll join me this is my show